Hello everyone, welcome back to the Shintaro Higashi Show with Peter Yu. Today we're going to talk about adult white belts doing judo in the dojo. That's right. So this was one of the suggestions from our patrons, uh, Phil. He said, "Yeah, why, uh, why are, why are, are adult white belts important to judo? Why are there so yes, few absolutely. of them in America? So important. <laughs> and what to do? If you're one of them in a dojo that is mostly for ch- children, which I see a lot, I think the last co- uh, question is uh, very yeah. relevant to a lot of people in yeah. America. Yeah. Yes. So okay. Wh- so first yeah, why are they most, why are they important? Yeah. Oh, it's the most important thing, right? So that you need to really measure three metrics, you know, and then the goals for three things for the dojo people is yeah. you want to increase the number of white belts. Increase the number of black belts and increase the number of judo teachers. Those are the three key factors to growth of judo in the community across the United States. Right. right? You want more white belts, more black belts, more judo teachers. Okay. And if you just think of it that way, it makes sense. If your goal is to have more white belts in the room, right, you're going to massage your sales pipeline. You're going to do the right thing. Call everybody. Do all the things that I say to do, but I don't do by myself. (laughs) (laughs) I sometimes neglect this. But, you know, when I see the dojo's numbers dwindle a little bit, right, because retention is tough. You know, in judo, because of injury rates, and especially if you're in a place like New York, everyone's transitory. Mm. People move for their jobs all the time. So you kind of always have to be feeding the machine. Yeah. Okay? So it's on the responsibility of the instructor. Okay? So that's the first goal that you want to, right? Increase the number of white belts. And then once you have that, you want to increase the number of black belts in the room. Yeah. Which means each one of those steps along the way has to be carefully thought of and executed properly to get to those people to the goal line. Mm -hmm. Right? And once you have enough black belts, you want to start pumping out teachers, people who can teach the stuff, right? Maybe they love it. Maybe they want to compete. Who knows? Whatever their goals are. Yes. Yeah, whatever, right? Yeah. But you want to be able to have them teach classes for you also just so you can spread their own ideas about judo, mm-hmm. okay? Not in this weird pyramid scheme way of like, I taught this guy judo. He's going to teach it like me and he's going to keep <laughs> back to me. Not like that. You right. Know what I mean? But you want to teach them in a way where they design their own and have their own style and then they love it and they want to teach it. And then you can give them a platform. And if they want to start their own school, you got to give them the blessing for that. You know what I mean? Mm. Just don't do it too close to me. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Right? Don't compete. So that's, yeah. So, yeah. So that's sort of the method. So absolutely having good white belts in the room. Very, very, very important. It's a foundation. It kind of starts everything off. Everything is yeah. based on yeah. the white belts. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So if you're looking around the dojo and there's not a lot of adult white belts in the room, there's a couple of issues, mm-hmm. right? Number one, there's a retention issue. And then number one, there's a lead gen issue, right? And mm-hmm. sales issue. Yeah. So are there white belts actually signing up and coming in? Mm-hmm. And what is their retention look like? Those are the two major things. Right. right? And that's on responsibility of the teacher, the dojo owner, you know, and this is the issue and problem with teaching judo and being good at martial arts. You spend your whole life doing martial arts. You're amazing at it. You have no business experience. And now you open a business and you love doing judo, teaching judo. Right. Majority of the time, you're doing something you've never done, uh-huh. which is sales, right? Or managing a business and you suck at it. Right. And now you hate it. And then now, oh, I can't make money. I got to keep my day job. Then you're working you, a nine to five and then going to the dojo. And it's then a vicious it's just, cycle. Yeah. You're just miserable the whole time. Right. So it's like, yeah. why would anyone want to be in that environment? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's tough. It's very, very tough, and I see the the issues of this. You know. Yeah, you kind of touched on. I mean, it's a good segue to the next, the second question. Why are there so few of few yeah. adult white belts in America? Yeah. I don't know how it is in 
Well, actually, let's kind of do some comparative studies. You you spent some yeah. time in Japan. Actually,、yeah. I I trained in Japan over the summer at a, like、oh. a, a the province sponsored martial art gym. Actually,、yeah. I didn't see a lot of adult white belts. I don't think judo is like that, right? It's like a almost like collegiate wrestling here. There are not that many adult wrestler, beginner wrestlers in America because it you do、yeah. it as a kid, and they kind of like that in Japan too. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, and then, but in contrast, in America, there's a few adult white belts for a different reason. I think. Yeah, I mean, because it's a commercial business, right? It's a business,、yeah. it's a service provided. I want to learn this, therefore I'm going to take lessons. Yeah, you know what I mean. I want to learn gymnastics as an adult. I could sign up for gymnastic classes. I want to go to Soul Cycle. I could sign up for those classes. I want to learn、mm. judo. You sign up for judo classes. It's commercially driven, capitalistic, right? Thing.、Yeah. It's a service provided. Therefore, who's running these businesses? Who's running these schools? Are they businessmen or are they people who are judo enthusiasts who have no business experience whatsoever? You know. So that's、And、kind of probably learned. Yeah. yeah, go ahead. But it's kind of a cat's. Twenty-two situation, like you have to be good at judo. Enough experience, you have to put enough time into judo to become a judo teacher. But that means that time is not spent on learning the business side of things. I mean, you, you, someone like you, like you went, to, you even went to MBA. You got、yeah. your MBA to、yeah. really learn the art of business.、Um, but yeah, not yeah. a not a lot of judo teachers. Well. You think they can do it, but they don't, or it's more like, oh, they just can't do it. They don't have enough time. I think the issue is this: most of the time, you're a nine to fiver. You have your career. Yeah. You're doing judo since you were a kid. You're doing judo as an adult. <clears throat> you've been doing judo for twenty years,、mm-hmm. and you have a day job. And you're like, you know what? I love this thing. I'm going to teach judo now. I'm going to teach at the local club. I'm going to start my own business, and then they jump into that.、Mm-hmm. You know,、and、what's the likelihood that 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 person's capable of running a successful business? It's tough, you know. You have to do the education. There's a lot of work behind it. Yeah. And then what you think the actual day-to-day operation thing is going to be, it's not.、Mm-hmm. You know, it's making those phone calls, getting in, and follow-ups, and doing all this stuff, and、uh, doing Google ads, and、right. there's so many different factors that are completely unrelated to judo. You end up just actually not loving it. You know what、mm-hmm. I mean? So that makes it really tough. Teaching judo is a very small part. Oh, very very small, but this、yeah. is the thing. It doesn't have to be like that, right? If I was to think about really scaling my dojo,、uh-huh. right, just fucking blowing it out of the water, yeah. And I've thought of this many times. And then when you're looking at any sort of franchising business, it's the lowest capable employee is sort of the main thing, right? Hiring great judo guys who know judo very very well, who's charismatic. Those people already have jobs. Those who are very、mm. very high achievers, successful.、Yeah. Look at you. Right, but, there's no but, amount of money、uh, that I could pay you to teach at my club, <laughs> not to make a margin for me and then、uh, have a good bottom line,、uh, right? Because for me to convince you with a dollar amount to do this, it ha- would have to exceed, you know, opportunity cost of your PhD and your future income, and your wife will never allow it. <laughs> right, so like、yeah. there's a price tag,、uh-huh. right? To someone who's as smart as you, as charismatic as you, who's as good as judo as you, okay? I'll do it for you. So, I'll work for you. Nah. nah. <laughs>、right. So it's like the lowest level skill set to be、mm-hmm. able to teach. Think about like every franchise business ever, right? Yeah. Like McDonald's. You know, like as if, yeah, McDonald's. Like anybody could do that job, right? Yeah. So how can you structure a dojo like this to scale? 
You know what I mean? Uh, you can't hire the best teachers, the best whatever it is. Okay, so you can even have a green belt literally teach judo. Okay, right. No randori. Beginner comes in. You teach him some sales stuff. Right. These are the techniques that you do, and no randori whatsoever. The pipeline, like very yeah, scalable. So then, yeah. Very scalable. Wow. So it can be done this way. You right. Know? And every dojo should have a basics dedicated beginner class to pump white belts into and with no randori to sort of retain him in that system mm-hmm. and keep him at least intrigued or interested for at least three to six months yeah. to where they can develop and identify like this is what I do. I'm a judo person. I have a yellow belt now. Right. I'm very, very good at This is my thing. I love uh. it. I'm interested in it. I know all about the history, the techniques. Have I ever done randori? No. Uh, That's uh-huh. a good thing because that guy is not going to get injured. Uh-huh. Retention's going to be high. And then you have a critical mass where the community feeds on itself. Oh, I love going to see Johnny or Jessica's really cute in the gym. I'm going to go to the dojo and hang out with those guys. And there's 15 of them and we're all, we all get dinner together. And you develop sort of a white belt community. Right, right. It's very difficult to do that if you're of one white belt and then, you know, four black belts. Yeah. And then the black belts are kind of like doing the hierarchy thing, senpai, kohai yeah. thing. And it's like American culture doesn't really cater to that. Yeah. In Japan, everything is hierarchical with the senpai kohai mentality. So that, you know, even in social settings, it's fine. Yeah. So say, if I was speaking to an average commoner, somebody in Japan, if they're older than me, I have to speak formally to them. Yeah. Yeah. It's normal, right? Oh, what? How old are you? I'm 37 years old. Oh, oh, I'm 38. I mean, simply, you have to talk formally to me, and I get to talk to you in an informal manner. Yeah. This is the right, agreement socially. So when you're in the dojo and you start, and then you're beneath somebody in terms of rank, it's normal to have this sort of, mm-hmm. right? And that culture bled into the American society, and it's totally rejected, totally weird. Yeah. Coming in as a beginner to learn something, you're bound to the people who are above you, right? Us, us, us. You know, and... That stuff doesn't really fare well. Right. You know what I mean? But if you have uh, 15 white belts who are equals and you kind of mitigate that hierarchical thing that just kind of bled from old judo, mm-hmm. now you have a community of people who are all learners and little by little, they're going to like it. No one's going to get hurt and they're gonna it's going to grow on itself, right? So there are two aspects. It's like the people in the dojo already who are in the dojo yeah. already should, yes. especially in America, shouldn't try to subscribe to this Japanese culture that's very culture specific pick and choose pick yeah. and choose and it helps you know me who know both countries very well yeah right? right but if you've never been to japan and you assume this is what happens in japan and you're running a traditional right. martial arts school it doesn't look or fare very well either yeah right it's like in japan we do this it's like well you're not, you're not from, japan. like japan you've never <laughs> even been to japan what are you talking about you know what i mean it's and just the, weird. Right. You know? So, and you need that critical mass. That. Yeah. Like a, a kind of a yeah. cohort that kind of that grows up together. Yes. So, yeah. the tip to the guy who reached out to us, right? Yeah. And yes, I believe it is the responsibility of the dojo owner and the teacher yeah. to feed this machine. If you want to learn judo and you go in there and you don't see a lot of people, peers, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you have to go reach out to your friends. Hey, man, come do judo with me, bro. Yeah. You went to high school. You have high school friends. Yeah. You went to college. You have friends from college. You have colleagues and coworkers and people you have happy hour with, uh-huh. right? Instead of like having drinks after work and getting loaded, it's like, bro, come to judo with me today, bro. Right? Come to judo with me. I used to do that with ballet. Yo, come do ballet with me. 
Right? How many times was like, yo, just do bad, come, come with me. This and I went. There. I went. Right. And yeah. were there not a lot of hot chicks there? <laughs> yeah. Right? It's That's like right. I brought like I had a lot I of fun. Like ten dudes. I brought like ten dudes to yeah. like basic ballet. Like, bro, 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 come, come, come. Uh, I got these hot friends. Now. <laughs> right? Like, I, I did that. Right. Yeah. So it's like now all of a sudden, you know, they don't have a problem with leads. Everyone wants to do ballet. Right. right. Judo has that problem where it's not as popular. It's very niche. Yeah. What is, let's go over your sales pitch again. You've talked, you, we talked about this again, but what, like, say, Phil, like the uh, patron who asked this question, the, yeah. a guy like Phil, what, what's his sp- sales pitch? Cause you, you are in a different position cause you're running a dojo. So you, your sales yeah. pitch might be different, but how about for an average adult white belt? How do you sell it to oh, your like friends? Pitching it to their friends, yeah. dude. You're getting fat. <laughs> come work out with me, bro. Right? Uh-huh. Oh, I don't like the gym. I hate the gym. It's like, dude, come do judo with me. It's fun. You learn how to slam people. Yeah. Right. There's not a lot of people there. It's just like me and you. We'll just bullshit. We'll like take each other down. We'll choke each other. I'll show you some stuff. Yeah. You know, I don't know that much yet. Right. But there's guys who know. Yeah. And they're in the room and they're kind of cool. Uh-huh. You know. And yo, dude, it's like a private lesson. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ah, right, right. And then you could frame like the not a lot of white belts, not a lot of students on the mat thing. Mostly kids do it. You could frame that in a different way when you're talking about it as well. Don't make excuses like, oh, there's not too many people because this is that. Sell it as a positive. Right. Dude, you get to work out with me, right? One to one. There's not a small class sizes. That's mm. fine. That's good. That's a different pitch. You know? It's a boutique people shop like, now. It's a, yeah, and you get these guys all the time. It's like, oh, the, you know, judo's not that popular or whatever it is. And, oh, it's like, what's wrong with judo then? Right, right. Here's a pitch. Oh, I noticed that there's not a lot of adult white belts in here. Why is that? Yeah. It's because adults are brittle. <sighs> Kids do it because they're tough, they're limber, their joints are like rubber. You get an average out-of-shape adult, they're going to tear the ACL. That's why you don't see a lot in here. It takes a very special person to be here. And actually, it's very good for you because you're special class sizes yes you are very special get your friends to come we'll all work out it'll be a party (laughs) you know i've never actually talked you know try to sell it that way i kind of given up like i'm just like okay i'll i'll i do say (laughs) that i do say that hey if you come i'll work out with you you know we'll have fun but i never expect anything like if they do show up it's like Wow, you no. actually showed up. You're my best friend. Yeah. <laughs> it's so it's so funny because it's like I'm like, oh yeah, get your friends to come, and when whoever it is that's a high belt brings their friends, yeah. I'm like, all right, you deal with them. You teach your friend. I'm <laughs> <laughs> right, so they get stuck with a beginner or a coworker. Yeah, but it's kind of a nice like, you know, right? Yeah. And so that's so that's what I okay. So um, turn turn some things that can be negative as positive. Like, okay, if there are a lot of, not yeah. as many adults yeah, because there's huge. more like yeah. a, you know, more boutique and you're, it's yeah. more tailored to you and whatnot. Yeah. So, and, you know, let me explain yeah. some of the stuff. Like, I've taken so many fitness classes. Right. Right. Market research. I've done like yeah. size, music boxing, Taibo thing, Zumba. Like, you name it, I've done it just to learn yeah. Why are these fitness programs so successful? Yeah. How are there Equinox classes with 47 people in it hour after hour after hour after hour after hour? Yeah. Like how many people, right? 
are in these classes getting pumped out through the day. Right. How many people walked in here to take a class today, right? Right. 670 people took a class today in this gym? What the hell's yeah. going on here? Yeah. Yeah. I had 30 people last night for judo. It's like, you know, it sounds a lot if you're doing judo. Mm-hmm. Oh, you got 30 people in the room. But like, that's not, shouldn't be the gold standard. You should. So what's the issue, right? What's yeah. the biggest issue that I see when people teaching it? And you know, I do it myself, but yeah. I'm an exception. I'm an exception <laughs> to the rule, right? Yeah. And then I see my stu- my people sort of doing it too. Yeah. And they are not the exception to the rule. And it's human nature to do this kind of a thing where you get in front of a class and you start doing the dissertation. Right, you're just mm-hmm. talking and then show up how much you know. And I, I'm guilty of this all the time. And you're running a class like it's a seminar. Every class that you go in is flavor of the day. It's a seminar. Let me teach you what I think is the best and just kind of like show you this whole system. And the majority of it is useless to most people. Right. Right. And that's the issue. That's a big problem, you know, because there's no movement and there's no continuity. Okay. Mm-hmm. When you go into a business, you should expect what the service is going to be, and the service has to be the same and consistent every time. Right. You go to Starbucks, you know exactly what they're going to say. Oh, hey, what's going on? Good morning. What can I get for you today, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, we would like something to eat with that shit, mm. you know? Oh, you just want a fucking coffee? Great. Okay, whatever. Yeah. Get your coffee. Same exact coffee every single time. You go there two or three times. Hey, Shintaro, they know my name. Uh, medium black coffee or grande black coffee? Yeah. Going to eat something today? No, bitch. Okay, great. Here's your coffee. Have a great day, right? Yeah. It's same every time. It's consistent. It's expected every single time. You know, that's a such a right. That's a good, great point because I mean, there's a reason why I, I mean, I, I yeah. it makes me sad to say, but that's why I started going to the BJJ school because with the judo yeah. school, I have no Flavor idea what I'm day. gonna get. Yeah, I don't know what I'm gonna get that day because yeah. Yeah. there's not that oh. many people. So sometimes I get good training, sometimes I don't get good training, and then you know. But if I go to yeah. BJJ school, it's like can I guarantee that I'll get good yeah. training? You know, and it's a little bit more systemized because there's more people in it, yeah. more money in it. Right? Yeah. So people are like, all right, how do we scale this thing? Okay, do this. Warm up, ten minutes. Yeah. Teach two techniques. Yeah. You know, two stand up, two ground, and then you're gonna roll five five rounds of three minute rolling, whatever it is. Right. right. One hour goes by, clean, tight, every single time. What yeah. technique are we gonna learn today? This week it's Kimura. Next week it's Triangle. At least it follows a pattern. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then I always say, like, if you're going to teach, you have to minimize the teaching time. Uh huh. Three minutes at best. And I don't follow this rule myself because I am an exception to the exception. <laughs> what? You're such an exceptional yeah. guy. <laughs> yeah, because I am a genius. I should be heard. Yeah. <laughs> you're, and not all teach, judo teachers are like that. You know, you, you have no, a this is the thing. Yeah. Can I hire somebody like me? Yeah. To work for at a dojo, my dojo, uh, with close to minimum wage? Oh, no. No, of course not. Yeah. You just can't. And if they're capable of drawing and keeping and having and sustaining a 300 person following in the dojo, they're yeah. going to do their own thing. Why right. would they need you? Right. Yeah. So there's a, this, like a little bit of a discrepancy there. You right. know what I mean? But anyway, that's we're kind of digressing. The idea is like a white belt student who's in the dojo who wants to learn judo. Yeah. Got to bring their friends in, right? Hey, come work out with me. Hey, do this with me. Hey, train with me. And every now and then, you'll find that one person who's sort of a connector, who's connected in the community. Yeah. And they'll bring a bunch of people, mm-hmm. right? 10% of the people are like that. 
And then and those are the people that you want. And you have to keep yeah. them by providing consistency at the <coughs> show. Consistent service. And they yeah. cannot do Randori because Randori is the worst thing for a beginner because they learn it, they try it, it doesn't work, they get slammed, they get hurt, done. Right. Hate it. This sucks. You know? When do you and let when do you let them do Randori? I break all my rules that I'm speak talking about right now. <laughs> I don't follow most of them. But I'm an exception. Like I said, I'm an exception. Right. Yeah, you have, you have, you have a better like, eye. You have a better eye on these things anyway a little bit yeah and i think you can get away with it you know like there's some people who can get away with it yeah. if you can speak and you're actually interesting yeah right and you can do a five minute seven minute your instruction can bleed yeah and then people can go off and do their own thing mm. and then you could bring it in and then make it interesting for everybody by seeking out the common denominator mm-hmm. right in mistakes right for instance right Everybody go and train here. Go ahead, do this thing that I did. I just, you know, talk for 10 minutes, but do your best. I'm scoping the entire room and I see like one consistent thing that everyone is doing wrong. Mm. Not everybody, like 40% of the people, mostly beginners. Okay, beginners, you got to work on this. Intermediates, you got to work on that. And then I'll show something completely different to build on it that the black belts could benefit from. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That's a masterful thing that you could do. And your differentiated instruction, you're talking most of the time, you're keeping everyone's attention, that is a master teacher. You can't scale with a master teacher because there's not a lot of them. Right. I'll go to, go down to say 99% of teachers who are teaching martial arts aren't like that. Yeah. They think they're like that. And maybe they had a teacher like that, but majority of the time, they are not like that. So it has to be you more know, because, systemized. Yeah, because you can keep a, like a school running and have enough people if you're doing it this way, because you're interesting, why would anyone quit? Yeah, yeah. Everybody's getting something at least. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, in order to build in the beginner phase, like you can get there. That's the thing, right? If you're new to the business, if you're new to teaching, it's going to take a long time to get there. You know, and if you look at any model of teaching, like pedagogically, like if you look at like DOE system or new teacher system or a teacher entering into that world of mm. education, in the beginning, you write lesson plans. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's systemized. This is the hook. This is students will be able to, and you have goals. They call it swabat. Students will be able to, right? Oh, the wow. hook is this. Yeah. Hey guys, have you ever had this thing? And then you know, you whatever, blah blah blah. Yeah, isn't it cool? Yeah, this is what it's about. <laughs> All right, so that's what we're going to say now that everyone's interested. Okay, how's your day, buddy? Good. Okay, Johnny, take it away. Read chapter one. Blah blah blah. Right. Uh. And then you have this thing. What's next? All right, what are my goals? Students will be able to. How are we going to achieve those goals? We're going to give you worksheets. All right, everyone spend five minutes doing the worksheet. Oh, we didn't really, oh, you know, you guys didn't get number three. Let's do a PowerPoint presentation on what, you know, this is what we're going to do today, right? Right? And then you approach it again and you do another worksheet. Everyone gets it. And then and then you do like a exit interview. Uh-huh. Hey, what did you learn today? You know, Johnny Tremaine, you know, with his hand got messed up with the crucible or whatever, right? And now it's like you could monitor and then it builds to the next day. Everybody expects it, right? It's a systemized thing. There's a curriculum. Wow. Right? That's how it yeah. is in the beginning. But you teach for eight years. You teach for 12 years. You walk in there. Bro, I've taught this 19 million times. Yeah. So you know. Yeah. Right. So you're in that. And you can just make it up on the You can wing it. Yeah. You know? You're in that phase now, but not everyone's like that. No, and it's phasic, right? And then if you look at like a teaching career, Mm -hmm. like regular school teacher, yeah, right? The first couple of years, 
the teachers have a hard time managing the class, most people, because it's not charismatic enough. Yeah. They don't know which how to identify which kid's a trouble kid or how to keep right, their kid's right. attention. They don't know. It sucks. They usually get put in the worst schools too. Horrible. Yeah. Right? Terrible. Then they start getting the hang of it and then get better and better and better. Right? And that's sort of the second phase, which is like where I'm at now. Yeah. And then the third phase is you've done it for so long, you don't give a shit anymore. <laughs> and you wing it and mail it in every single time. <laughs> is your dad right? in that phase? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. But like, it's like one of those things, right? It's like yeah. you want to spend teaching years, you know, 10 to 20. Mm-hmm. That's what it is. 20 plus years, you've already set in your ways, you know? Yeah. Oh, we have to use smart boards now and do this and think about uh, common core and higher order thinking. Those teachers are like, shut up. I've been doing this yeah. shit for 20 years. I'll do what I want. Yeah. And they're like, okay, you know, fine. You have the tenure. They have tenure. Mm-hmm. There's no tenure in martial arts, right? Yeah. <laughs> so you want to teach in a way where it's years 10 to 20. As like if you're teaching school, like a school teacher, years 10 to 20. Yeah. Those are your prime years and you want to teach in that way, right? But that way doesn't scale. Right, right. And it takes 10 years to get there. So in that time period, the first 10 years, it has to be systemized, right? And it has to be done in a way where you can scale, okay? And then little by little, you could get here. Most people just kind of jump into year 20. Yeah. And then after a couple of years, they're already in year 30. And they're like, God, I just mail it in. What do you know about anything? You know, you're only doing jujitsu and I'm a judo teacher. I'm a judo master. Mm. <laughs> right? They just don't know any better. So that's sort of my opinion with the... Adult white belts, how to keep them. Yeah. How to keep them, how to teach them. And you got to learn, you know, lead gen, how many people are hitting your website up, how many people are converting, all this stuff. Nice. It's yeah, a, a lot goes it. into it, rambling. yeah. I a mean, lot does go into it, and there's an art to it. You know yeah. what I mean? And then, there, I mean, there's a reason why just, if you do this part-time as a hobby after you're 95, it's just, it's, you can't do it. It's tough. It's yeah. tough. You can do it, you know, but you need good systems in place. That's what business is about, right? Having good systems. Yeah. You know? Uh, coming from the guy that doesn't do any of this stuff. Well, you're in that 10 to 20 year. You've done, you've been doing this for a while. So it's kind of your, the system is built into you, but a little bit. Yeah. yeah when you yeah. start out. Yeah. You can, if you want, especially if you want to do it as a side thing, uh, from your nine to five yeah. regular day job, you have to operationalize everything so that you can kind of yeah. go through the motion without thinking too much. So that, yeah, you know, yeah. it's more scalable, but. Yeah. And, you know, I look at the dojo a little bit differently too, you know. Uh, yeah. This is going to sound selfish, but dojo is for me. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I go in there. It meets my social needs, mm-hmm. right? I get, it's a platform for me to share my knowledge, you know, and the ultimate goal isn't like numbers based. Yeah. Even though I, there needs to be a certain amount coming in. Yeah. To, okay. you know, have some profit that I live on. Mm-hmm. Right. There needs to be a baseline number where it's like, okay, this is where I need it to be to have, you know, sustain or pay the expense or whatever it is. Yes, right? But I don't think in terms of like, oh, man, I need 400 students, 300 students. Right. That's not really my, you know, approach to it, you know? Mm-hmm. And I treat it accordingly. So when people look like, hey, you're not really doing some of the stuff that you're preaching. It's like, well, you just came to me and you just told me your goal is to really have 100 yeah, students. Yeah. You just told me your goal is to quit your day job and do this full time. This right. is what you Lisa. have to do to, for yeah. that to happen. 
you can't just do what I'm doing because my goals are completely different. Right. I just want to teach the people I want to teach. Okay. And that's very select few people. Yeah. Even the white belts come in, majority of the time I don't want to teach them because they have not proven to me that they're really interested in learning. Uh-huh. And I, they have no full trust in me yet. They right. don't know who I am. I'm just a dude, you know, with a red and white belt who's Asian uh-huh. to them majority of the time. Right. <laughs> it, it doesn't matter who stands in front of them. Yeah. You know, I want to teach the guy that are seeking me out. Hey, I'm here to learn from you, right? And I respect you and I've been around and I know what's out there and I want to learn from you. Those are the only guys that I want to teach and that. Those are the only people I give a shit about, really. You know? Right. So you can get there. Those are sort of my personal motivators and drivers, right? And then when you're in years 10 to 20, you could do that. Mm-hmm. But you can't do that in the beginning. Yeah. I, I can't stress that enough. And if you're on the reverse side of that in a dojo where there's not a lot of white belts, get your friends to come with you. Yeah. Give you the know, sales that's... pitch. Sales pitch. Yeah. Not even that, man. It's like, hey, man, you know, come work out with me, dude. <laughs> that's right. Cool. Right. Yeah, yeah. So that's all uh, our uh, mostly Shinto spiel about adult white belts. Very, <laughs> very integral. Um, so, uh, yeah. any parting words? Nope. No. That's it. Cool. Yeah, thank you guys for listening to me ramble as usual. You see the shirt that I'm wearing right now? Oh, no, it's not. You know what? Greg hasn't put the videos up. Yeah. I forgot about that. <laughs> you so guys go to my website, yeah. There's a couple of cool t-shirts for sale. Yeah. Judo related. I, I'm looking at them right now. Very cool. Very slick, modern, yeah. minimalist design. Yeah. yeah. You can wear that to a, yeah. a club and they'll let you in. <laughs> yeah. Nightclub. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks for listening, guys, and I'll we'll see you guys in the next episode.